of a special presentation for our mothers. I know that we have a missionary that's going to be with us, but we're going to have a special presentation for our mothers. We always do it on Sunday night. We used to do it on Sunday morning. We had so many teachers, various classes, which we were not able to to make the presentation, so we started doing it on Sunday night. The ladies came back from the ladies' retreat with a great report. They said four people received the Holy Ghost. Isn't that great? And Sister Wolf, who came limping with a cane or whatever, I don't know if she had a cane or what, crutches, wheelchair. She went away walking. God just touched her. <coughs> Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't God good? Oh, God is so very good. Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Praise God. Oh, what a great, great day. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Now, conversation here really means behavior. In other words, don't be a greedy, covetous person. And be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, listen to this, I will never leave you nor forsake thee. This comes from the book of Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, verse 6, I think it is. <clears throat> be strong and be of good courage, fear not. Nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doeth, that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. What a great scripture. I want to speak to you on the subject, he is there all the time. Praise God. Maybe we should rephrase that he is here all the time. You may be seated. <clears throat> just looking out across the congregation, started taking notes about uh, the number of people we have in our congregation who have recently lost loved ones. We have had a good number of people. Now, I'm going to call, start calling off uh, some of these to show you how much value we should place in the continual abiding hand of God. Sister Washburn recently lost her father. This, these things are so very tragic. Brother Gillum recently lost his mother. She resided in Missouri. Brother and Sister Gillum, how long ago was that, Brother Gillum? About three weeks ago now? About, about three weeks ago. Of course, Brother Thomas just lost his mother. The funeral was held this past Monday. Brother Nelson just lost his mother. Sister Donna Brown just lost her father. Uh, we have, uh, in the not too far back, uh, a good number of people here that have been affected, their life has been affected by death. We have Aunt Liz who is here. We just had Brother, uh, or Uncle Ernie's, we call him Uncle Ernie's funeral. We had his funeral back uh in, the, in August, wasn't it? In the fall of last, summer of last year. Uh, Aunt Liz, it's good to have you here. She's been coming some. It's always good to have her here. And then Sister Puckett lost her father back uh, last year, two months ago. Two years ago. Two years ago, Sister Weekly lost her mother. It's about two years ago. Just one year ago. You can see we got so many people that's been affected. Of course, as we as we call off mothers, uh, that involves uh, some who were at your grandmother or aunt or whatever. Uh, Brother Repka lost his father a couple of years ago. Um, hate to say it, but I can't read my writing. Um, Sister Johnny Martin lost her mother. Uh, how long ago was that? Just a year ago? October. 
uh, Sister Lois Grant lost her grandmother. That was, uh, what, three, three months ago, four months ago? Uh, Sister Tammy Krieger lost her grandfather. Um, Sister Sandal lost her grandmother. How long ago was that, Sister Sandal? Two months, two years ago? You know, what happens, you have a lot of uh, sorrow. Later on, that sorrow is turned into fond memories. There's a lot of grief. You have to go through a lot of grief in these times. Because we were just at Sister Thomas's funeral. Sister Thomas was 76, was she, brother? 75 years old. She had received the Holy Ghost one week prior to her passing. And then we were at Sister Merrick's uh, funeral yesterday. Sister Merrick was 52. She received the Holy Ghost when she was 7. She'd had the Holy Ghost 45 years. Vast difference between one week and 45 years. But it is always a big comfort, always a big comfort to know that uh, you have had a long-standing relationship with not just a relative, but with a friend. A friend. And there's been a lot spoken about the body of Christ. How important it is to have a church like this where you have friends. I mean, really have friends. I'm sure that I have overlooked some. Grandma Davis passed away not uh, too long ago. Uh, Grandma Davis has children who are in the church but not in this church and then sister Carnes passed away she had moved from here down to Missouri she recently passed away uh, we've just had, we just had had a good number of, of situations now I probably overlooked some if I if I have I, please please forgive me I, I did not mean to but uh, to have what I call lifelong friends Someone will just be with you all the, all the time. I talked to Brother Merrick just a little over a week ago, and Brother Merrick he cried. He said, Brother Grant, we've been friends for a long, long time, since the late 60s. He said, Donna's only 52. She's too young to die. And he said, I don't know. We've, we've just come to the conclusion, though, that we're not going to, allow her. She does not want any more treatment. And uh, they gave her uh, a cancer-free report. But they used so much radiation to kill the cancer that the radiation was responsible for the breaking down of the blood platelets and such. Uh, she died of a massive brain hemorrhage. So they killed one thing and to give her good health, but then when she cancer was gone, she didn't really have good health. Now, many of you have experienced some health problems. Uh, health problems can be very scary. Uh, they can be very shaky, rocky, rugged. Some of you have gone through some marital situations. We have uh, two or three people in our church who in the last four or five years have gone through divorce. Uh, those, the breaking up of a family is very, very dramatic, traumatic maybe I should say. Uh, we have several people who have gone through some very financial uh, difficulties, some struggles. Uh, but to have friends I just want to talk about this this morning how important this is I went inside of the funeral home uh, last Monday and just about 10 minutes before Brother Thomas's mom's funeral the telephone rang it was Sister Janine Eden. They came and told me, said, you a telephone call for you. So I talked with Sister Eden. 
She's been real concerned about Brother and Sister Miller. Sister Miller is not in good health. Now, they're not here with us this morning. They're in Minnesota with Janine. Janine had called me from Florida. She was on, I guess, vacation. I don't know why else you'd go to Florida, you know. <coughs> but uh, <coughs> at any rate, she said, I'm just real concerned about my dad because I called up there and dad, there's something wrong with dad. And so I asked her, what, what can I do? She said, well, I know the funeral's starting in about 10 minutes. She said, is Kitty Rossing there? I said, no, she's not here yet. At least I haven't seen her. Well, I put her on hold and went and looked throughout uh, the funeral home. Couldn't find Sister Kitty. I walked back to tell her at least if she's here, I couldn't find her. And I saw out the window she was pulling up. So here it is five minutes before the funeral is to, to start. And Kitty walks in. Now, this is what Janine said. Janine says, I need Kitty because Kitty told me regardless of what time of the day or night or what I'm involved in, if you need me, call me. She started crying. This is what she said. She said, Brother Grant, everybody needs a friend like that. I'm so concerned about Mom and Dad. So when Kitty came in, I said, Kitty, I know that's late. I know you came here for the funeral, but uh, would you please get on the phone? I said, Janine Eaton. She got on the phone, talked only a minute or so, and promised to call her back. Gave her some comfort. Then, of course, she was uh, in the funeral chapel at the time of the beginning. But she had to call her back as soon as the funeral was over. She went over to the Miller's home and stayed there and <clears throat> I tried to get a hold of her couldn't find couldn't find her I wanted to inquire about the Millers uh, we had wanted to go by and I didn't know what had happened I figured that maybe they were at the hospital we called we couldn't we couldn't find of course they were at the emergency room so they hadn't checked in Brother Miller had uh, apparently suffered a light stroke during the night and uh, I would like to say that he, he does appear to be doing good. He's driving. He drove over to St. Paul or Minneapolis. But later on, time went on during the day. I still couldn't get a hold of him, didn't know what had happened, couldn't locate him. And But, but Sister Kitty was right there with him, see. And we found out uh, uh, what hospital they were in. Brother Rawson called me. It was close to dark. He said, I don't have any idea where my wife is except that she's with the Millers. Was not upset. Uh, it's past supper time. Sister Rawson has a large family, uh, a larger family. <clears throat> it's getting larger because those kids are growing. <clears throat> but... Uh, he said, well, Kitty really does love the Millers. And my wife, uh, I'm just so glad that I can share her with someone who is in need. Our ladies' retreat uh, started on Friday night. And, of course, Sister Grant always goes to the ladies' retreat. Uh, I always go, too. <clears throat> I talked with the Jim Pope, who is a banker financing our, our house. And uh, I told him, I said, well, I have to be out of town. I said, I'm going to a ladies retreat. He didn't say anything at the time. I never thought, see. Later on, he started laughing. I said, uh, what's funny? He said, you said you were going to a ladies retreat. Uh, or you, you meant you were going to a men's retreat. I said, no, it's a ladies retreat. He laughed. And, of course, without thinking, I, I added to it. I said, oh, I've been going for about 10 years. <laughs> <clears throat> Actually, 11 years. 
Well, you know, when we, we uh, went by the Merricks, uh, we've been friends to the Merricks. They lived in Green Bay, and we were in Shawano, and their family was so tiny, and our family was so tiny, you know, just little kids. And we were both struggling there, and we had such great fellowship with them. We met like once a month, and we talked, and we had fellowship, and we just developed a, you know, a real friendship with those, with those people. So we, we get up there, and one of the girls came up uh, to Sister Grant and was talking to Sister Grant and said, Yeah, we, we discussed whether Brother and Sister Grant were going to come or not because of the ladies' retreat. But Crystal said, No, they'll be here because they love us. And, uh, you know, I never even really gave much thought that, you know, uh, that they would even expect us there because, you know, Brother and Sister America, they live a long ways. And needless to say, even though we were very, very close because of the distance, you know, we don't get to visit that much. Conferences and places, we catch a meal together and talk. and and uh, but But, of course... I wanted to go because of my feelings for the Merricks, but I never thought that that you know that here with all the hundreds of people that were, there were probably six seven hundred people there that they would be discussing are the grants coming. Sometimes you don't realize how valuable people consider your relationship. You know you you just don't you don't realize that, but. Here, with all the people coming in, but the Kilgore was there, but the Urshan was not able to come, but the Sism was there. Here, these girls were cutting their eye and looking at the door. Are the grants coming? Are the grants coming? Lifetime relationships are so important. Well, <clears throat> we understand the value of this. Uh, we we have seen examples. All around us, situations, uh, friends, people who have come to our assistance, people who have come to our rescue. I mentioned Sister Rossing. I, I could go on and talk all day long about people in this assembly that I know that have rendered unselfish service to people who are in need people who are in need. One thing that we tried to do when we were rearing our children was to teach our children how important it was to help people who are in need. We've all want our children growing up. We had a house full of people. Just somebody with us all the time. Somebody living there. Of course, Dad was always going someplace. Mom was always going someplace. This is so important. So important. Now, the reason why is because suffering humanity needs something that's tangible, someone they can reach out to. And then on the other hand, remember, you know, in order to have friends, one must show himself friendly, that you will reach the age. When I say age, maybe I shouldn't say you will sometime in your life have a crisis and what you need somebody to, to reach out to. See, Jesus said, No man liveth unto himself, and no man dieth unto himself. And that's just the way life stacks up. And you, you can't get around that. You think, well, I'm just going to be Mr. Independent. I don't really need anybody. But uh, <clears throat> that's just uh, the way it goes. You will need someone. You will need someone. But the love that we show for each other is only a shadow, just a mere shadow of God's concern for each one of us. God's concern for each one of us. You know, he said he would never leave us, nor would he forsake us. The book of Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter I, I'm just amazed when I read this because I think you have to understand something about the prophecy concerning 
Israel. Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God is talking to a backslidden nation. What does the Bible tell us in, in, in Second Chronicles? If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, repent, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Now the big hang-up that we have as individuals is that we feel unworthy of God's love. I've had this to happen to me. I'd be going along so good, and and uh, subconsciously, you just, whether you want it to happen or not, when things are good, you, you know, you could pray and you feel victorious, but there's just that missing element. You say what you want to, even the church itself, uh, historically has never had great revival unless persecution has come, unless problems have come. So we rock along and things are so good and things are so nice and fine and all of a sudden something just hits us. A crashing blow sends us to our knees. Now, we've been praying all along, but all of a sudden we realize that we were praying without really praying without really seeking God. Of course, the devil likes to come by, and he likes to make us feel unworthy. I don't know how many people I've prayed with at the altar that have told me, uh, Pastor, I, I don't even feel like I ought to be praying. It seems like the only time I ever pray is when I need God. Now, I want to just set the record straight in your mind. You hear me? Listen to me. If you called on God every day of your life without fail, three times a day, you would never be calling on God when you did not need Him. You understand what I'm saying? So basically what I'm saying is nobody calls on God without this same situation being true. Because you need Him whether you know you need Him or not. You need Him whether you think you need Him or not. So, the truth of the matter is, we shouldn't let the devil come by and say, well, the only time you ever call on God is when you're in trouble. Jesus said after this manner, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine art the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, you know what he's saying? He's saying that every day you're in trouble without God. Every day. So, that simply means that you really never call on God when you're not in trouble. You never call on God when you do not need God. In other words, we can just use the one word, needy. We are needy people. Cannot live, cannot exist without God. You may say, well, there are people out there that are living without God. Oh, no, there are not people out there that are living without God. They may not understand it, but there's not one person that's breathing, that's breathing on their own. <laughs> you know, they take a person off of life support and they say he's breathing on his own. No, he isn't. In Him we live 
we breathe, we have our being. Is that true? So don't let the devil come by and tell you, tell you. So in the book of Jeremiah, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God was concerned about Israel when Israel was not concerned about herself. God was watching over her when she was not doing anything to help herself. And of course, <clears throat> the scripture that I really have read so many times and quoted it's the words of Jesus just prior to his ascension Matthew 28 verse 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo I am with you always even unto the end of the world Amen David said I was young and now I am old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now God said he would be with us. How long? Always. In what kind of situation? Or situations? All types of situations. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said. My, what a friend we have in Jesus. I haven't sung that chorus in a long, of course, that song in a long, long time. We have not. Our hymn book, we have a song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. <clears throat> now, that song just sticks in my mind because I remember as a little, I mean, a little tiny kid, I remember going to Sunday school. Now, back then, our Sunday school literature was... A little piece of paper, I'm just going to pull this out, consisting of one, one page folded, which made it, gave it a couple of pages, and it had about like this. And on the front it says, Little Friends of Jesus. Remember that? Mr. Manley remembers that. That's what we got from headquarters, and that's what we used for Sunday school literature years and years ago. But, see, I made the connection when it had little friends of Jesus. Talking about little kids, I guess. And then we'd sing this song. What a friend we have in Jesus. We'd sing that a lot. And, and, and I made the connection, you know, because of the Sunday school thing. And I, I just never forgot that. I thought, well, my literature says that I'm a friend to him and that he's a friend to me. And, you know, it, it's amazing how little things like that stick in your mind. And uh, it's, it seems like no one particular message will ever change a man. But if he constantly hears things, that, that change occurs just by, you know, you grow in Christ inch by inch. You hear a lot that changes you just a little bit. You may want to change a, lo a lot, and you hear a lot, and you say, well, I'm going to change a lot. You go to the ladies' seminar and you come back. And you, man, you're so saturated and so filled up. And you feel like, boy, I'll tell you one thing. I'm just going to be a totally different person. And you try and you try and you try and you try and you try. And two or three weeks later, you, you say, what happened to that ladies' retreat spirit I had? Has it? It, it, you know, you may say, well, it hasn't affected me. Oh, yes, it has affected you. But you see, that's the way that growth and assistance come. It comes by in the bushels, uh, the assistance does, but the growth uh, is just a little bit at a time. On my dad's side, <clears throat> he had a couple of sisters that, they were just great at embarrassing me. One of them always talked about how big I was getting. Now, at that time, I kind of liked that, you know, except that she'd call everybody's dinner, and the other one liked to kiss me. And I just, she'd kiss me right in the mouth. She just, you know, big lips, Aunt Pearl was my name. Kiss me. 
And of course, I'd always turn and wipe it off, you know. <clears throat> and my mother would get on to me and say, don't be wiping her kiss off. So she heard one day my mother saying that. And she says, oh, he loves me. He's not wiping off. He's rubbing it in. Yeah, it all depends, you know. I was really wiping it off. <clears throat> and then I had an Aunt Esther. And every time I saw her, she'd say, John Wesley, you are growing like a weed. You know. Well, I, you know, at that time, I'd, I'd pick up a sports magazine or something every now and then. They, even in the funny papers, they ran these ads, Charles Atlas ads. You know, and Charles Atlas pulling this boxcar. You remember that? He had some kind of apparatus hooked around his waist. He's pulling this boxcar. And I wanted to belong to the Charles Atlas Club. See, what I didn't like, I, I liked this business of growing, but growing like a weed. To me, a weed was tall and skinny. You know, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I'm beginning to feel that my calling in life is to uh, edify uh, fat people. The skinny people, they just get so much encouragement. You know, you can lose a lot of weight. Wow, you look great. And I walk up and they say, well, how are you, Brother Grant? And they just start and look all the way up. Now, you see, I've come up with this, I've come up with this philosophy. I may be wrong, you know, but, I, but I've come up with this philosophy. You know, we took a bunch of balloons down to the Caribbean islands and some of these balloons you made apples out of. Some you made pears out of. And then they had these that you made animals out of. Now, the animal balloons were long and skinny. Now, the thing about the animal balloons was that you had to kind of hold your hand around it to make it get long. Otherwise, you just blow on it and it just kind of expand out. But have you ever taken some of those balloons and you could just squeeze here and squeeze here and squeeze here and squeeze it and blow it up? And it's just, you know, it's just, you know what I'm talking about. Now, see, the way I look at it is that God, through nature, just put his hand on all of us. See, now, he, he just kind of held his hand all the way around James Hawk, and he just kept growing taller and taller and taller. And then all of a sudden, here's Brother Grant. And it's like he just went, <laughs> and never bothered to touch me. So, I'd say the only difference between James Hawk and me is that God restricted James in certain areas, but he just kind of just, you know, without any mold, you know, like my mother said, uh, someone says, Francis, when God made John, they threw away the mold. Now, we always say that about people who are a little bit on the, you know, side mischievous sign. You've heard that. I guarantee you that's been said about everybody that's here. But my mom responded by, by saying, land sakes alive, she said. When God made him, he didn't make him in a mold. <laughs> so, God just kind of <laughs> and so I didn't get very tall But I'm full of life, you know. That's the way I like to look at it. <clears throat> Doesn't that make all of you portly people feel good? <clears throat> Brother Bob Thorpe, you won't be able to sell any slim up after I'm finished, I'll tell you. <laughs> He's been selling slim up. <clears throat> well, good luck to you, Bob. Here I go. <laughs> oh, praise God. <laughs> well, laying all jokes aside, probably the Lord put a little breath in me and gave me enough uh, breath to start eating, and I added, put the rest of it on. I know that. I'm not going to blame God for everything. Well, you know, it wouldn't be right, would it? <clears throat> 
But there's one thing, you know, that I don't like. You know, you know, people say, oh, you lost weight. Makes me feel good. I said, yes, I have. Now, I lose, but I usually gain more than I lose, you know. But, you know, in essence, they, you know, all the cells of your body you lose every night, at least by nine, nine months, you know. So you, you're losing. So I've lost several thousands of pounds. I've gained considerably more. <clears throat> Makes you feel good. But somebody comes up and looks at you and say, Wow, have you gained weight? Has anybody ever told you that? No, no some, some of you, nobody said that to me. So I just want to tell all of you people that are slightly overweight. Jesus said, I will be with you always. In all circumstances. <clears throat> Is, isn't it something? The day of trouble arrives in every man's life. It really does. The day of trouble. And some people live their life as if they don't think that trouble will ever come. You know, you see somebody that needs a hand and you won't assist them and you use this excuse well I'm just in a in a real big hurry I remember brother brother Tenney telling this said we left world evangelism center now you got to understand here you got a bunch of men at world evangelism evangelism center now he's telling on himself so I guess it's okay for me to repeat in fact he told her right here in this church at the men's retreat uh, we left World Evangelism Center. We were going to grab by to eat. So we go across the freeway and up through some interchanges. We get way up on top, and here is a lady uh, getting out of her car, and the tire, the shreds of tire all over the road there. She just, you know, somehow the tire just came apart. She just had a blowout. And uh, so he's like, I was driving. I quick looked at my watch and said, boy, I'd like to stop, but we have to be back, you know. We got to do the work of the Lord, you know. He didn't say that, but that's in his mind. That's what he said. We got to be back here in 30 minutes. So he said, uh, while we were slowing down and trying to get stopped, uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes a, an old rugged looking truck. An old gentleman got out, great big old guy, he said, bushy beard, you know, he looked dirty, smoking a big old cigar. And he was. Come on around, come on around, come on around. He went over there, and uh, while we were trying to, you know, traffic's congested, while we were trying to to, uh, to get through, he gets the key, he opens the trunk. He's already pulling out that tire, spare tire. He's going to fix this. And Brother Tenney said, we all just wilted. Here we are so professional. He said, I thought of the Good Samaritan. Here's a man that, if, if he knew anything about God, he certainly was not displaying it in his language. Because he was telling, he was trying to direct traffic, but he was going to help this lady. Now Jesus said the first and the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord thy God, the second, love thy neighbors thyself. Who then is thy neighbor? And Brother Tenney said, you know, after we got where we were going, we had to address the subject. Is it true that you can become so professional in your Christianity that you forget about what a Christian really is? Can you become so professional in Christianity that you outgrow God, so to speak? But here was a man, just through the goodness of his heart, saw this petite lady. Probably, she may have, but maybe she didn't know anything about changing a tire. Maybe not even strong enough. He saw someone in need and said, I must stop. And in the midst of all this traffic, I'll park my pickup truck so that people have to go around and I'll change this tire. Didn't wait on a policeman or anyone. He's down there. I mean, he's getting her changed. Puts the lady 
back on the road. How many times have we felt as if we had no friends? You see, the love and the help and the assistance that friends give you is only a shadow of what God can give you. Now let me explain why. As much assistance as Sister Rossing was able to give the Millers, remember there was a time in which she had to leave. She went home. And, and I just want to, you know, hats off, salute people of our congregation. Three people in our congregation have greatly helped Sister Ella Ray. Sister Ella has no children. She is in Colonial Manor Nursing Home. Sister Manley, Sister Debbie Reen, and Sister Jody Armstrong. I, I just can't believe the amount of assistance that these people have, have rendered to Sister Ella. You know, and Ella needs that. Just buy her all the time. Just helping her, assisting her. What are you going to get out of this? Well, there's nothing they're going to get out of. But that I mean, Ella's not going to recover to the point that she, at 90, what is Ella, 95, 94? You think she's going to recover to the point that she's going to be able to go over and help Jody with her bad back? Probably not. What are they getting out of this? There is every, any man who lives in his own life just for pleasure and fun and he takes advantage of every situation is going to end up miserable. You talk about satisfaction that comes to a person. It does come to a person when they assist people, when they help. But, again, I want to call your attention to this, that all of the assistance that these three sisters have given to Sister Ella, there is a time in which they have to depart and go back to their own life. But, God said, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. How far is God? Paul says, he is not far from every one of you. I've heard that quoted, he's not far from any one of you. But the Bible says, every one of you. He was giving the assurance that as many people that heard his voice, when he spoke to the Grecians that day on Mars Hill, that God is by every one of you. Now you hear this statement, what are friends for? Recently someone helped me, and I just, I've been helped so much in my life. Really. I remember someone coming in our family room in, in, on Felon Road, and they made a comment, said, my, Brother Grant, it's so homey down here and decorated so beautifully. And I went around the wall. And looked on the floor and everything. Did you know there were only two or three things in that whole room that Sister Grant and I purchased? I'm serious with you. Everything in there was given to us. So someone made a comment. That person made the comment, rather. Well, you know, this is so unique. I said, yes, uh, uh, so-and-so gave us this. And we got to looking around. You know, we had things in there that date back there's a boat paddle, a homemade boat paddle that Paul Holtz uh, gave me. I don't know when Paul Holtz made this, but Paul Holtz is the gentleman who gave us the campground. It's an old homemade boat paddle. I hang it up on the wall. But you see, when I sit down there, I can't sit down there without thinking of friends. Without thinking of friends. And you know, the truth of the matter is, when I go in my prayer closet, 
And when I close my eyes, I not only see a room full of gifts, I see a life full of gifts. Talking about things that you can be thankful for. You know, I think one of the keys in life to keeping a good attitude and not growing bitter is to be thankful. You teach your children to be thankful. Be thankful. If you give your child everything that child wants, he probably won't grow up to be thankful for many things. But if you can teach that child to just be thankful, just be thankful. Just be thankful. I don't know how long it would take me to totally exhaust my mind. Run out of things to thank the Lord for. But I'll assure you, I wouldn't be able to do it today. There's just so many things that God has done. You know, you need those special times of thanksgiving when you just thank you, Lord. I want to thank you, God. I just want to thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Now I can start up, I always start up in the one key area, praying for people. Then I go all the way around to the Middleton side. Sometimes I start over the Middleton side and come back around this, this way. You know, you do things for people. When we moved here in 1972, we had three children. The church financially was struggling. You know, there were just, you, the demands were so great. The money was so limited. And I remember stopping by Brother jo George Juno's station, filling up. And this not only happened one time, this happened many times. I'd go in to pay. He never would take any money. I tried not to take advantage of Brother Juno. You know, every time I got empty, I could have run over there. I said, I can't do that. But I remember one time in which I stopped in. Brother George was not there. And so uh, I, I put some gas in. I thought, now, I'm going to be able to pay. And I went inside. His son, Ken, was in there. And I pulled the money out. I felt so good about paying, you know. Ken looked at that and says, oh, my dad would fire me if I took your money. <laughs> I said, oh, he wouldn't. He said, yes, he told me he would. <laughs> he said, he told all of us, if Pastor Grant comes in here, you are not to take his money. <clears throat> now, whether you want to count this as laying up treasures in heaven or not, the Bible not only tells us that God sees all of our evil, but he takes into account every good deed that is rendered for a human being. As much as you have done this unto the least of these, my children, my servants, you have done it unto me. But all of that is just a shadow what God can do for you today. Because when the door is closed and the phone doesn't ring, the lights are turned out, and loneliness sets in, God will be there. He's all Oh, praise God. Praise God. Sister Kathy Eckenhart will come and sing at this time. Let's lift our hands. And I want to sound condemning in any way in this message today. I want to encourage you to believe that Jesus loves you. Do you believe that he does?
believe he does. I know he does. You're important to God. Every breath of air that you take, he assists you. Would you like to come and pray? Perhaps you just want to sit where you are and pray. But by all means, let's all pray today. Come on up to the front, would you? Come on. we got people coming. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Jesus loves you. Through thick and thin, Jesus will be with you. Everybody find a place to pray, would you? Jesus, if you have Jesus, you have everything. 